0: On the ball as well to get it away from the box clough just bombs away back in Iwasuki is up ready is down and the ball through is in it's a first day league goal for Lockwood
1: bar and it breaks
2: the deadlock in that welcome back to the football down under podcast it's me and jesse today we're running it back with uh, another episode focusing on some local football. And for the first time, got ourselves a special guest. He's uh, a centre-back that plays for Adelaide United. Um, he's been around the place, so he's got a pretty interesting interesting story to tell. Uh, we introduce Lockie Barr.
0: Thanks for having me, boys. Pleasure to be here.
2: Uh, and thank you again for taking the time to hang out with us. No way. Yeah, so I briefly mentioned he's been around the place, so I thought uh, it's your career, so maybe you can give us a bit of a rundown. Um, it's a bit different to the European stories we hear, where they come up through an academy and then they hang around the place. It seems a bit linear on their end, but yours has been quite unique, I thought. So why don't you give us a bit of a rundown of your career path?
0: yeah for sure um it's a bit of a long story um and it sort of goes (laughs) a bit all over the shop but obviously um I started in Wyler playing for Westlands United um played all my juniors at Westlands and um you know did the country championships the state championships where you represent you know Wyler and you go play against um the other country towns within South Australia so I did that up until um under to under 14 level and then My dad and I um, and another player, Stevie Payne, and his dad, we used to go up to Adelaide every weekend and we are playing for a club called Raiders. Um, So, yeah, we'd leave on a Friday afternoon, um, head down for training, um, yeah, which would be Friday night, and then stay Saturday, play Sunday, and then come back to Wyler on the Sunday. So we did that for two years. And um, from there, my, my career basically went, yeah, so I did that for two years. Come back to wireless while, I started playing senior football for, for Westlands United and then moved. eventually moved up to Adelaide when I was 18 um, and tried with the Adelaide United youth team. Um, and I was successful there. So I had a contract with the youth team, at Adelaide United, for a year. And then it was a point in my career where there was only a few boys at that time that would make the jump from the youth team to the senior team. Yep. And unfortunately, I wasn't one of those players. So at that time, it was usually once you're in the youth team, you sort of just go back and you're playing the local league in Adelaide, which was, it is a good league in Adelaide. And, um, but you don't really, you, you're training three nights a week. And I think if you want to make it to the professional level, you've got to be training, I guess, more. So I realised I had to do something a little bit different. So I went from um, playing for White City, Adelaide United Youth Team, and went, to, went overseas to London to try my luck over there and just started trialling with a few clubs. And some were, you know, not so successful, had a, you know, Bits and pieces here and there, and um, I ended up training with the Brentford under 23 team at the time, or un- under 21s. It was I had a contact who um I was playing with at White City, Lloyd Awusu. Yeah, he sent me oh, up yeah. there, and yeah, if you remember him from Adelaide United, uh, Razor roof, Awusu, yeah, he was a um, yeah, so he sent me up there, and I was just training with the youth team for um at Brentford for about three months, and it was a good time for me because. It enabled me to get used to the level over there, and I was playing with some very good players. Um, so I noticed whilst I was I wasn't contracted at Brentford just by training with them, I was getting I was noticing a lot of improvement within my game. Yep. And then I had a contact in Germany, so I went over to Germany in Berlin and played in the lower leagues there. And um, he helped me get over to Bradford City, which were in England, um, who at the time were playing League One, so that's the third division of the English football system. So I got a contract there for a year year, and then um, I played a few games but didn't really quite crack into the first team um, as much as I wanted to and then decided I'd come back to Australia, played for Metro Stars in the uh, South Australian National Premier League. Um, Then I went over to Melbourne for a little bit um, for a club called Heidelberg and then went to Adelaide City back in the NPL and then eventually got signed by Adelaide United. So it's been a bit of a, yeah, bit of a long sort of Journeys taken me to a few different places, and yeah that's sort of where I've been in a in a condensed in a very condensed version,
2: yeah, a bit of a roundabout way of getting on yeah. now
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's um no, nah, but it's been it's been good and um it's helped me get to where I am now and you know playing for my hometown club in adelaide united it's um you know wouldn't change it for anything, yeah definitely nice.
1: So um quite a big move to go to like Germany. Um obviously you had a contact there. Um yep. you also worked at an ice cream store, I believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um so when I got to Berlin, um obviously I was only playing lower leagues in, in, in Berlin and so I wasn't it wasn't full time professional, so you needed to to work as well to earn earn money. So um yeah, I applied for this job. It was like a ice cream cafe place. So um yeah, so I worked there for a, for about a year and yeah, it was good fun. So i also whilst I was in Berlin, so I'd go to language school in the morning, learn the German language for, for three hours and then go to my ice cream cafe place in the afternoon, work there for four or five hours and then go to training at night. So that was my life for probably a good year or so. Yeah,
2: because awesome. I did read online that you learnt German while working at the yeah. ice cream joint. So I was yeah. thinking in my head there was like one one type of thing
0: yeah no it was a good time it was it it was very different obviously coming from weiler and and living in adelaide and then going to a place like berlin it was just polar opposites in terms of um just how people are and 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 the culture in the city but it was a good way for me because i wanted to learn the language as well being able to work in in an ice cream cafe in berlin where people would speak german to you um, it sort of forced you to speak German as well so I found that also helped with you know learning the language and um, I guess immersing myself in a in a different culture
1: that's awesome that's a uh, shows yeah. your dedication as well I mean it must have been long days
0: oh yeah long days long days but you know, it was good fun and um, yeah one I look back on and it was um, yeah it was great really really fun time um, in in Berlin
1: that's awesome
0: and the football and the football was good as well it's similar to you know, like in England, you know, you can go play in any division in England. You know, and obviously all the way down to you know the seventh, eighth tier of the English football. And although it's quite low down, the standard's still like quite good because there's just so many good players everywhere. It's like what AFL here is here in Australia. That's what football is like over there, times ten. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just good players everywhere. All the yeah, leagues, are, are a sport they
2: live and breathe. Really, yeah. Like you said, similar exactly. to our Australian rules.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, your time in like Berlin eventually leads to a bit of a spell in Bradford. Um yep. uh, You could see online that a lot of like fans thought that was quite a strange move, as they probably hadn't heard of the club you're at before. Um, hmm. do you take on any other weight of expectation, and how do you go with dealing that kind of pressure from any type of fan?
0: Yeah, I mean, so with Bradford, it was a big jump. So I went from like the sixth tier of German football to the third tier of English football, League One at the time. And Bradford was a club in League One who they had a massive support base. Like they would sell out their Every home game would would be sold out. There'd be 20 plus thousand um, every game at home. And that's sort of, for League One, that's sort of unheard of. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, yeah. they probably were a championship club maybe even like because they were in the premier league not that long ago so they were still a very big club uh in in league 1 so um with that there was a lot of you know a lot of support and their expectations were were high so they were probably hoping for you know some you know some big name players to, to come in um and I was signed as sort of like a development player so I think they were understanding that it wasn't you know like a, I wasn't coming in to be you know like a main center back or a main main stay in yeah. in the defense um but yeah of course you know with every club you go to you know you it's one thing you have to deal with is is a fan's expectations and and you know they have every right to have those expectations because they pay their money to come watch their team week in and week out and they want to see good players playing for their club and um yeah as a player and as a you know when when you are playing professionally it's just part and parcel of the job you know um, but it's also good in a way because those expectations from the fans, that's what motivates you as well, because you're not only playing for yourself, you're playing for your for your club and the fans as well. So um, you know, it those expectations do bring the best out in players, I believe.
2: Yeah, no, that's a pretty good mindset to have.
1: Um when you came back to Australia, uh, did you have a club already in mind or was it just a kind of nothing was moving over in you know, Europe and you just to yeah to
0: or... yeah so it, was, it, it got to a point where I wasn't playing that much at Bradford and I wanted to get back to playing regularly and um you know I'd been away for two and a half years um so my old coach when I was at White City I had a coach called Robbie Saracino. um he was then coach at Metro Stars so I just got in contact with him and I just said look I'm coming back to Australia do you have any room for me at, at Metro Stars and he said yep no problem um, so, yeah, that's just sort of uh, why I signed for Metro Stars. And I knew with uh, Metro Stars, they'd been consistently a very good club in the local Adelaide league for a long time. Um, they're a very well-run club. Um, they've only got a small committee that run the club, but they've all all very switched on and they always make signings and do everything for the best interest of the club. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got nothing yeah but good things to say about Metro Stars. And I was glad I, I spent two years there and yeah really enjoyed my football because it was it got to a point there like when I was at Bradford it's you know when you're not playing games it's you know it's quite easy to get down on yourself and you sort of you know you lack that not necessarily motivation but you you know sometimes that passion and the love for the game can go yeah. missing when you're not in the team and, and when things aren't going your way so for me just to get back playing regularly at a good club um, it was exactly what I needed at, at that time in my career yeah definitely but,
1: you quickly became a, a fan favorite there as well. Cause, um, you're like what players player of the year at uh, Metro.
0: Yep, yep. So um, yeah, the, I, I won that in the first year, and um, yeah, I come in, you know, with I think maybe two games into the season, and and slotted in nicely. Um, the yeah, we had a good coach, we had a good team, um, we won nothing, we went on maybe like a twelve game win streak or something. So, um, we had a good season, and um, yeah, it was just. Um, an easy transition for me to come back in and and like I said that's you know that's a big thing in football when you're when you're enjoying your football and and you've got that passion for the game that's usually when you're playing your best football and for me, that was the case yeah. for for metro stars
2: yeah, we see it a lot um especially if you have your eyes on the a league like Australian footballers they jet off overseas but then they eventually return um is there much of like a support network outside of what the clubs provide themselves for, say, young Australians who make the trip over. Like, what kind of things did you rely on to help cure that um, bit of homesickness?
0: Yeah, for sure. Because so mine was a little bit different because I went over on my own on my own terms. I didn't have anyone sort of sending yeah. me over, or I didn't have a club to go to. It was just sort of me going to different clubs and trying to find, you know, a, a, a team where I could play. Um, but, you know, from the players that I have played with and when they have signed for a European club, whether it be in in France or England or Germany or wherever, those clubs typically they look after their foreign players really well, especially in like like the the countries that I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll make sure that, you know, if a, if it's a younger player, they're going to get the accommodation that they need. They're going to make sure that um, if they've got any study to do, like if they haven't finished their schooling, they're going to help them, you know, make sure that, that they get the bare minimum. For that, so yeah, from from what I've noticed with the players going over, they do get a lot of support from the from the European clubs. No, but obviously, mine was a little bit different because I was going over on my own terms. So, um, you know, I went. I had a good support network with one of my dad's friends who was living in London at the time. He let me stay at his place. So, um, I built my support network around um, Vic Addis, one of my dad's mates.
2: Yep. So, went completely
0: alone. No, no, not, not completely alone. I mean, it's always different, you know, when you go overseas, you know, you you go to a different continent, you know, you go to Europe and, and, you know, you are by yourself, but, you know, having a, you know, family friend or someone there, it does make it that little bit easier.
2: Yeah. Even if it's just helping you find your way around stuff like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. Um, Oh,
1: sorry. My blank there. Um, you were a bit like one of the best defenders in the NPL at both City Harderberg and um Metro. Um, yeah. did you ever think you were ready to dump into the A League a little bit before
0: Adelaide United came for you? Um, I think um yeah I I think so I think I was performing relatively well in 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 the NPL for a, for a number of seasons and for whatever reason I didn't get an opportunity before. Um, before when I originally did get the opportunity at Adelaide United, but then I look back and I think maybe maybe I wasn't ready because it is a big jump to go from the NPL to the A League. You know when yeah. I was when I was playing MPL, I'd watch the A League, and you know it's easy to say you know oh, well, I could do that, but until you're actually out there playing and and you know you're coming up against these good good strikers, good wingers in the A League, you're like there is a, there is a pretty big difference from the MPL to the A League. So I'm glad that I maybe didn't get picked up early and I was got picked up at, at the time that I did and and was able to, you know, I guess, adjust within a relatively quick time frame. Um, But yeah, p- potentially when I was a little bit, maybe around 24, 25 or something, when I was maybe at Metro Stars or, or, or Heidelberg, I could have, yeah, maybe got something and and potentially did well, but, you know, it wasn't to be, it was out of my control and not, an opportunity never really come up so I just had to focus just on playing well in the MPL and playing consistently well over a number of seasons and then finally got an opportunity
2: yeah how did that um opportunity come about like you're obviously playing quite well at City and then there was a opportunity for um injury replacement did they have some conversations with you before that point in time or did yeah they just there was like the
0: yeah there was a little bit of interest beforehand over the previous two seasons but nothing really come come of it so um when when i did get that phone call so nick ansell a defender at adelaide united he tore his achilles yeah so they needed someone and i think it might have been it was quite early in the season might have been like round two so they needed an injury replacement player like asap so they just rang me up um i think it might have been in november or december in 2021 um yeah, they just said, "Look, we've got an injury. Um, can you come in as soon, you know, as soon as possible?" And I was in Streaky Bay at the time, so you know, I needed to obviously get back to Adelaide. Um, so I said, "Yeah, I can be there within, you know, two days." And yeah, literally went back to Adelaide the next day. I was training at Adelaide and then signed the injury replacement contract, which was for the remainder of that season, and and it just went from there really. So I was lucky to play. I think, maybe 13 games in my first season and then was able to sign another further two years at Adelaide United.
2: Yeah, so for that to turn into a full-time contract, there must have been a big sense of validation for yourself.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was just nice knowing. It was just that bit of security because when you sign... Because I only signed that injury replacement. It was only till the end of the season. So for majority of that season, I was like, oh you know I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing next year or if I was going to be yeah. signed so just having two years it, it provides a little bit of security a bit of stability and you know you can sort of just relax a little bit and then just focus on on your football and and getting better each game
2: yeah that's wicked
1: um being at adelaide united now, you've uh, you've experienced um the a league or the soccer version of the showdown uh, adelaide united versus adelaide city um against your side in the Australia Cup uh with the discussion about the new national second division um do you see much of a buzz or energy or you know a bit of rivalry starting between Adelaide United and Adelaide City with you know Adelaide City potentially being one of those new second division teams yeah
0: I think um so historically Adelaide City, City are a massive club you know I think they've they're the most successful club in Australia when you're taking into consideration the NSL and, and what they achieved in during that time in the N- NSL. Um, and then once, obviously, they been the NSL and then brought into the A-League, obviously Adelaide City weren't part of the A-League and then Adelaide United come in. So I don't know if there's necessarily like a rivalry between Adelaide United, only because, you know they play in different competitions, you know, Adelaide United plays yeah. obviously in the A-League, Adelaide City in, in in the MPL. So it's hard to sort of forge like a, a rivalry, but um, obviously in that, in saying that, obviously we did play each other in the FA Cup. And, um, you know, there was a bit of a, there was a pretty big buzz around it, like within the soccer community, within Adelaide, and to be able to, you, you know, Adelaide United versus Adelaide City, at the time it was like, is this even happening? You know, like it was a bit surreal. Um, but I think overall, with having played that game, it was a good way for you know, everyone got around the game, everyone within Adelaide. I think there was quite a big crowd there that night. Um, and yeah, so I think there could be potential, like a a, a bit of a bit of a rivalry, but it, it is hard to, to have that rivalry when Adelaide United are in the A-League and Adelaide City are in the MPL. But that's what's good about having the FA Cup, it does be it gives clubs that opportunity for, you know, like clubs like Adelaide City to play Adelaide United. And um, obviously that that night, you know, Adelaide City played well and, you know, we probably didn't, didn't play our best. So, you know, it makes for a good game.
2: Yeah. Um, so, the, so with City and I think uh, Metro are part of like a, a merger type of bid and Heidelberg
0: yeah. have yeah, so as well. So Yeah, so there was three... Original applications from South Australia for the potential national second division. There was Playford, there was a bid from Playford. I don't know whether that was Playford Patriots in the NPL or the Playford Council, or whether it was a joint bid. There was Adelaide City and there was a football South Australian joint bid. And I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's Metro Stars, Campbelltown, and Bacala working together to form like a unified joint bid together. Yeah. Um, but at the moment there's only, so Playford got, they didn't make it to the next round. So it's just Adelaide city and a joint bid from football, South Australia. And yeah, I think, I mean, if it works, it's going to be, it'll be very good for the game, but yep. I think it will be, it's, it will be very difficult for it to, to happen. Obviously it's meant to start next year in March, 20, uh, 2024. Um and, yeah, I think the ongoing costs and, and, and the cost up front to, to start this league and for clubs like Adelaide City who, you know, you know they might spend, I don't know, maybe say 500000 a year currently, you know, they're going to have to maybe, you know, triple their budget to be able to get, I think, maybe $1.5 to $2 million. So they might even have to, you know, it's, it, it's going to be a very costly experience. So whether yeah. it happens or not, I'm not too sure. And um, I know they're into the, the next round of the you know, going through to the different clubs and seeing how each club's ran and where, where are they getting their money from. So it'll be interesting to see how it transpires over the next couple of months. I hope it does happen, but I also hope that they don't, you know, just do it because there's a lot of pressure for people wanting this to happen because the worst thing that can happen is, you know, they start the league and then, you know, it doesn't work properly. It, it puts clubs in a, in a worse situation than what they were before they joined the league. And then it just puts the whole thing back another, you know, 10, 10 years or, or, or whatever. So it will be interesting to see how it goes over the next uh, couple of months.
2: Yeah, because I think yeah. that's been one of the main talking points is as much as everyone wants to see relegation and promotion, it's whether it's actually financially viable when some of the mm. A-League clubs already are struggling with the financial side of things.
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing as well, like with the national second division is, you know, because they're talking about bringing in the the national second division and, you know, there's probably not going to be any promotion or relegation for the first couple of years. Then, you know, clubs like Adelaide City and Heidelberg and South Melbourne, then they might be thinking like, well, what's the point of going into the second division? Because they're going to be, you know, outlaying all this money just to participate in the national second division without any really...
2: No guarantees. Of, you
0: know, doing well, like if you, you know, if you finish first and there, there's no promotion, and they're just putting all this money out there for for no real, you know, you know, return, if you like.
1: Yeah. Speaking of um Adelaide City, just um completely off topic. Uh, what are your thoughts about their new partnership with um Atlanta?
0: Yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's really good. I think it's good that um a team like Adelaide or a club like Adelaide City in South Australia have been able to form some sort of yeah relationship with uh Atalanta in the Syria Are Um I know they're doing some holiday clinics at the moment. So they've flown out a couple of coaches from a- Atlanta, and, and they're taking the Adelaide City um holiday clinic. So yeah, I mean it, it, it sounds good, it it looks good um for Adelaide City to have that, you know, you know, that partnership with with a massive European club. Um and as long as you know it gives kids that exposure to you know high quality coaching. Um, so it can only be good for the, for the young players of Adelaide City to be able to be coached by some, some top coaches from Europe.
2: Yeah, what I yeah, like I about know. that is um, it's a club that you don't always hear about as well. So you'll have these younger kids who have probably heard of your Milan and um, Juve, but they're going to be mm-hmm. intrigued into looking up Atalanta and that just stems into further knowledge of European football
0: yeah for sure for sure and you know i think it's it's happening quite a lot in adelaide as well i think there's a school coming if it was gleason college or ross trevor um they've signed like a similar sort of thing like it's a partnership with manchester city um i think it's similar ross
2: yeah
0: yeah ross trevor so you know manchester city they send out coaches and the kids at ross trevor get to be coached by you know coaches from a from a very good club so um you know, as long as the kids are, are benefit, benefiting from it and it's not costing them too much, I, I think it's really good for for the game here in Adelaide and South Australia.
1: 100%. Um, you've become a bit of a source of goals for Adelaide United. You popped up uh, three times last season, scored a couple of goals um, and you were known for your goals at, uh, at your MPL clubs as well you once said that defenders who are strong in the air should contribute with a few goals a season um, because it might be the difference between a title, finals, relegation. Um, is it fair to say you enjoy getting forward and putting one in the net? And like, do you still stand by what you said a couple of years back?
0: Yeah, I do. So to answer that, yeah, I do. Like, you know, that's the only time us defenders sort of get that chance to score is if it's a uh, an attacking free kick or or a corner. So no, I enjoy going up there and and just you know trying to trying to get my head on one and and scoring and obviously I think we all know there's no better feeling than than scoring and um, you know regardless of what level but scoring at home in a packed stadium at, at Cooper Stadium it's honestly there's no feeling like it it's um, you know you can't I've never experienced that feeling anywhere else except for in a football stadium and 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 scoring a goal. And, yeah, to answer that second part of the question, yeah, I think, you know, like it's easier said than done. Like I've gone, you know, a lot of games where I haven't scored and, you know, it's just, you know, I find like if you score one, then you might score two or three that season. But then there's other times when you can't even get near it. Like you'll go up for a corner and whatever reason, whether it's delivery or your timing's wrong or you're just in the wrong spot at the wrong time, you can't get near the goal. So, um, so I enjoy when the goals are there, I obviously enjoy them a lot. And that last season just gone, I was able to score three, which was good. And now hopefully I can contribute to that or keep building on that and maybe score hopefully another three, four or five this season. And, and like you said, it can be, you know, it can be the difference at times, you know, with, you know, if you've got one or two back chipping in with three, three goals a season, that's, um, yeah, it could be the difference between winning a title and not winning a title.
1: Yeah, 100%.
2: Yeah. So you're at an age now where you're um, in between the age of looking to be mentored and also mentoring. You've got a pretty good um, playing squad at United with uh, young Aaron Kunda, who's starting to get a look at the national setup, but also Craig Goodwin on the other end of the scale, who's been around it for a little while. Do you offer yourself to help those younger players and do you still open yourself up to learn from those who have a bit more experience
0: yeah i think yeah you've put it good there and you know i'm sort of at that age where i'm becoming more of an experienced player within the dressing room but also still young enough to be able to get mentored by you know someone like craig goodwin or harvey lopez or isaiah sanchez or or some of the other senior boys so um i guess i'm sort of that you know middle player where you know i can offer some mentorship to the younger boys with whatever they need and and i'm still in a position where you know i need to keep learning my craft and and keep looking to get better um and and a good way of getting better is just by you know speaking to the older boys speaking to the more experienced players what have they done in their careers how have they handled different situations yep. um so it is a good age to 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 be i'm twenty eight now so you know i'm you know I think I've got a relatively like good head on my shoulders so i can you know I'm getting more mature and i can I can see things a little bit different now and um obviously when you're when you're younger you you're sort of you know you're just sort of consumed by the game whereas when you're a little bit older you you take other things into consideration and um you know and I try and pass on what I've learned over the years to some of the younger boys and and the good thing about Adelaide is they're not afraid to give younger boys those opportunities. So to be able to help mentor some of the younger boys, because we do have a lot of them, um, it's it's good for for them and oh, I hope for them and and it's good for me as well. Yeah, oh, you guys are
1: good. producing quite a few talents at the moment. Um, uh, I think you're the young striker just re-signed uh, today. So that was great news for you guys. Um, yeah, look,
0: you just signed another... Another three years, yeah. um, Luke Dizel, done. I think he's won, yeah, three years. Um, Ira Kunda, yeah. Not to see what happens with Ira Kunda. He's obviously still got another year left on his contract, but obviously it looks like he's going to be after this season. He'll probably be heading off elsewhere. Um, so yeah, well, we've got a good number of young players coming through, and you know, it's a, it's a credit to Adelaide United and and their youth setup that they've got going on. It's um it's good. So even though you know, I think with Adelaide because they don't have maybe the financial resources as some of the other clubs like Melbourne city and Western Sydney, then they have to look more so in their youth program and and try and bring up these players. And, and so far it's worked well for them. um, Because I think there's a number of talented young players within the country. It's just opportunities. There's just not that many opportunities within Australia for these younger players. So hopefully like with clubs like Adelaide United and Central Coast who aren't afraid to give those opportunities to the younger players, it's it's good for the game. And then that's potentially where this national second division is going to help as well, because it's going to give more opportunities to more younger players, um, Australian players, which is obviously going to benefit the whole game in this country.
1: Yeah, 100%. Do you think um, maybe the A-League puts a bit too much focus on signing, you know, those big names like Sturridge and all that, uh, and we should be kind of... I mean, if you look at Kondo, he's lighting it up. Um, and he's only seventeen. So, do you think we should be looking towards more of our younger guys and, you know, getting them more of a chance?
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a fine line there. There's it it needs to be balanced. It needs to be. I can understand, obviously, white clubs want to sign foreign players because obviously they're you know they're some of the highest quality players, um, within the game. But in saying that, you know, it needs to be the right foreign player for the right club. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're going to bring in a foreign player, um, he's taking that opportunity off of of an Australian player. So, but then again, it's good for the younger players to see some of these foreign players when they are, you know, in the same team, because, you know, someone like Daniel Sturridge who'd had a great career in Europe, obviously didn't work for him in in Australia, but I guarantee a lot of the younger Perth boys would have looked at Daniel Sturridge and seen how he would have been at training, what his mentality was like. um, And they would have learned a lot off of, Someone like Daniel Sturridge, so it's more, um, you know, and and also when you have a high name, you know, like a very um, popular foreign player, obviously the crowds, you know, more people going to come into the stadium to watch. You know, Alessandro Del Piero when he was he- here, yeah, I remember when he, you know, played at Adelaide. You know, he probably bought in, say, an extra five thousand just because Del Piero was playing. So it needs to be the right foreign player for the right team, and. Um, yeah, it needs to be that balance between good foreign players and a good academy setup where there's a number of opportunities for the young boys.
1: Yeah, 100%. Speaking um, just of the foreign players things, um, a lot of fans, you know, would love to be like a pro- player at a professional level. Uh, you get to live that. Do you still find time to be a fan? I think, uh, you know, whether it's staying up to catch, you know, a European game or like just a local team, you know, like going to watch Adelaide City or anything like that?
0: Yeah, no, it's um I still love to watch all all levels of football. So yeah, every um because we're pre-season at the moment. So on the weekend I'll either we've got the MPL TV app so you can watch all the MPL games live, which is good. So I will tune into a couple of games on the weekend and then when the Premier League's on, um, you know, and you know, if it's an early game or or, or whatever, I'll watch the replay the next day. So yeah, I'll you know, i still watch a, a lot of football and then you know, the A League as well, you're watching who's doing well in your own league and um so yeah, it is but sometimes, you know, like when you are in football day in, day out, sometimes you do need a break from it and, you know, you might, you know,
2: just to avoid you know, getting know I mean? burnt out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there is I guess there's, you know, there can be too much football, you know, but um no, I'm still as much as I, you know, I'm at Adelaide I'm you know I enjoy playing the game I'm also a very big fan of um of football in general especially in in South Australia in Willo in Adelaide and and overseas as well so no it's, a, it's the beautiful game lads Definitely is Yeah it is Um
2: speaking of football I uh, I've seen you've done a fair bit of community work especially with um the clinics you're a part of back home uh, a lot of kids thought that was absolutely amazing uh, is that something you consider doing for yourself um post playing career, whether it's uh, training or coaching?
0: Yeah. So with those, um it was a good experience being able to go back to Wyler with Adelaide United and and put on some some coaching clinics for the for the kids. And it was, yeah, it was a really rewarding experience for for myself because, you know, it wasn't, you know twenty years ago or whatever, that's where I was in those kids' shoes, you know, and I would have loved as a kid for one of the Adelaide United players to come out and do some coaching clinics. So it was a really rewarding experience for me and and I hope the kids enjoyed it as well. And then yeah, it is something that I wanna continue on doing um whilst I'm at Adelaide. Um I don't think it will happen this year. I haven't heard anything, but I'm sure, you know, possibly the year after um we can get something up and going again because yeah i think it's it it is important because the country the kids in the country i feel like they do get left out a little bit um in the football south australian community um just because you know the kids don't have access to you know the good coach not good coaches but you know qualified coaches who can who can help them develop um so i think it's important that adelaide united continue to Go out into the country areas, do some coaching clinics, and keep um, inspiring the next generation. Um, because yeah, for me that was um, that was really important. And then yeah, post my career, um, I think I will get into coaching. I'm doing some coaching at the moment. Um, I'm assistant coach at a school called Sacred Heart um, for their first elevens. So yeah. I I do enjoy coaching. Um, it's good fun. It's really rewarding. Um, you know, it's uh, definitely something I think I'll get into post playing.
2: No, it's good. Okay. Um, from a uh, parent's perspective, it is good to see the clinics getting run out here because, like you said, we didn't have that when we were coming up. Um, I think we occasionally had players come through for promo visits, um, but not so much in the way of clinics. So when you've got young kids who are starting to get the bug. Wanting to kick a ball around, it does make things exciting that they might get the opportunity to do those kind of things.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think it's just you know when I know when I was younger, you know, um, you know you look up to obviously everyone used to you'd watch the Premier League, but you know you might think you know it's a to be able to make the Premier League, it's it's very, very difficult. You know, it's it's such a quality league. So then, you know, you think, okay, if I want to be a professional footballer, then I can be a professional footballer for Adelaide United because maybe that goal is more achievable. So, you know, to be able to, when I was a kid, maybe if someone had to come out, you know, it just provides that inspiration to, you know, for someone to show, you, look, it can be done. And because I come from Wyler that's exactly what I wanted to do. I just wanted, to, you know, kids to... Understand that even though you are in Wyler and you don't have access to, you know, the the facilities and the and the coaches and the you know maybe a high standard of a league like we do in Adelaide, that you, you you can still achieve your goal. You just have to do it a little bit different. You, you have to work hard. You have to sacrifice. And and you know if a you know inspires one or two kids, then I'm happy.
2: Yeah. Well, as if your career is not a good example, you sometimes got to do it differently.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, is there any uh, you know, obviously coming from the NPL, is there anyone that we should be kind of keeping an eye on that might be, you know, maybe ready to take the next step into the A League, because uh, we don't really see many uh, NPL players do that big step and stay around in the A League for long. So yeah, I think, that you think might... at the
0: moment, um, there's a striker for Metro Stars. His name's, or oh, I, I can't pronounce. I think it's James Telokovsky. I think that's how you say his name um he's a striker for metro stars he's just i think he's scored over 20 goals already this season um every game that i've watched metro stars play he's performed really well um and i think he's in a position now where he can't be doing too much more than what he's doing at the moment like he's playing i think exceptionally well and i just hope someone like that gets an opportunity um there's another lad at Metro, Hamish Gower. Um, he played in the cup final a couple of weeks ago, scored an absolute bomb. Um, he's a nice oh, yeah. player. You we
2: uh, sharing that video in the group, like that rocket that went top corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful strike it was. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's always, you know, within the NPL, um, there's always four or five or six players where you think, you know, he could probably make the next level if given an opportunity and given the time to settle in. Um it's just one of those things. It's just, you know, you just have to be lucky. You have to be the right place at the right time like I was. You know, like I was playing my playing MPL. Um, I was playing well and, you know, the only way I got in was through an injury. So it was, you know, I had some luck on my side. But, you know, you might, you know, I'm a believer in you create your own luck. So if you are working hard and you are consistently performing, then an opportunity will come up. Um, so I hope that's the case for some of the um, good performing players in, in, in the MPL.
1: Yeah, 100%.
2: All right. Um, Before we let you go, um, for anyone that might be listening, um, we've touched on it a few times now. But your career has been built off of taking massive leaps. Whether it's getting up to Germany all the way from regional SA, or getting up over another player to header at goal, do you have any advice for any young Australians who are considering making their own big leap overseas, trailblazing their way through? unconventional avenues just to realize footballing dreams
0: yeah the what I would say is that you can't see failure as something bad you know I think within football and you look at a number of players and their football career everyone's gone through different failures and they've gone through tough times and you can't let that stop you you just have to treat those experiences as learning experience that's all you can do Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things, you know, you can't, don't let, if you fail, you know, a trial or you don't get into a certain club, don't let that dishearten you or don't let that stop you. It's just, you know, you just use that opportunity, you learn from it and you try and get better. And, you know, you, at the end of the day, it it, it is true what, you know, a lot of the top pros say, it all comes down to how, how much you do want it. You have to work hard. You do have to sacrifice. And, but although those things are tough, you know, it's, doing the hard work isn't easy. Being out, you know, sacrificing, you know, all the all, all the nice things isn't easy. But when it all pays off, there's no, no better feeling. And you know, I think if you if you really want it, then and you're willing to put in the work, then it it will happen. You just have to trust the process.
2: Yeah. Uh, to and I think that and, I, from... and
0: and that I think that also you know not only in football I think that happens in every aspect of life you know it is um, things are going to be tough but you can't let it let that stop you and you just have to keep keep pushing through and until you until you make it and then even if you don't make it you can always look back and say you know what I gave her everything I did and I, I did I gave everything I could and it wasn't to be so you know you can you can look back knowing you gave everything as well Yep, I don't
2: know if you're a basketball fan, but I've stolen a quote with a bit of the same mantra from old mate Giannis, where he said, uh, "No such thing as failure; just steps towards success."
0: Hundred percent. Yep, yep. I remember that. Um, that was a. Uh, was that a post-game press conference that he said that in?
2: Yeah, when they got knocked out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and the reporter asked him, "You know, would you deem this season as a failure?" Yeah. And then he come up, yeah now was a, it was very well said what um what Jana said really well said, and that's exactly I believe, yeah, that's exactly true what he said,
2: all right, well, that's all we have prepared to ask you today um thanks again for taking your time to sit with us, have a bit of a chat um it's been awesome hearing about your journey um don't get sick of this story at all. Uh, thanks very uh, much for yeah. thanks
0: for having me on and um yeah uh, if you want to ever do another episode on on whatever else then let me know and i'd be keen to do it with you awesome
1: yeah. that's good
2: to know <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. all right uh anyone listening feel free to drop a comment in the group after we throw up some links um if you're on spotify or apple leave those five star reviews they help the channel grow And up until next time, look after each other
1: and we'll see you guys very, very soon.